Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. In the spirit of reconciliation, the entire team at Curious Freedom acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connection to land, waters and community. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people listening today. I would like to acknowledge in particular the Darug people who are the original custodians on the land on which I record this podcast. Thank you for showing us what curious freedom can look like. Welcome to Curious Freedom with Kirsty Faruja. That's me and friends. And this week I have my beautiful newish friend on the podcast with me, PJ. So hello and welcome, PJ. Hi, Kirsty. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so for those who are not initiated into the world of PJ, those non-radio listeners, would you like to Tell us who you are. Who is PJ? Sure. Well, PJ is kind of like my alter ego, which I was forced to create years ago when I was starting out in the world of radio. My name is really Polly and there was another highly successful Polly in the radio industry here in New Zealand. So when I was going to apply for a job at the same radio station as her, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You cannot have the same name. Do you have a middle name? And so I said, no, I don't have a middle name, but like, nicknames. I reeled a few off to the bosses and they're like, uh, I don't know about them because they were like random juvenile high school nicknames. <laughs> and then I ended up becoming PJ because my grandmother, who I was really close with, had passed away not too long before that. And her name was Jo. And we were really tight. So I was like, oh, maybe I can incorporate her and it could be Polly Jo. And then it was like PJ. And they loved it. They were like, yes, it's such a radio name. Fantastic. <laughs> so PJ has kind of 
been my other cooler alter ego since I was about 21. Anyway, that was sort of, yeah, I've, I've been working in radio since then, 2011, when I started an internship at a radio station in Auckland. And I soon started going on air, doing entertainment news. And then I became the night show host. And then I've read the news. I've been on the day show. Then I did a drive show with a guy called Jace. We moved to Australia in 2015 where we did, oh no, sorry. <laughs> he moved here in 2015. We did our radio show here for a few years. And then In 2018, we started doing breakfast radio in Melbourne on Kiss FM, which was pretty big and pinch yourself moment. And yeah, we did that. And then I ended up making quite a daring move to leave that very fruitful job in 2021 and came back home and lived with my partner who I'd been doing long distance with for three years since moving to Australia. I literally moved to Australia and I met him just before. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And now I've sort of just been putting my roots down here at home in New Zealand in the beautiful region of Wairarapa and trying to live a more balanced, conscious life, I guess, an intentional life. Yeah. That's, I guess, in summary, me and my life for the last (laughs) decade or so. Um, Yeah. Back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Polly, (laughs) (laughs) tell us, how did you meet your fiance? This was the end of 2017. I was getting ready to start my brand new job in 2018, obviously, as the breakfast host on Kiss FM, which was just still very surreal to me and like, what the hell? But anyway, I'd moved to Richmond in Melbourne and I'd got like a rental and I was all ready for this like new life. And I came back for Christmas New Year to be with my family and friends just for like one last hurrah. Yeah. Obviously not looking for anyone. Yes, I was single, but I was like, right, we're just going to party and have a good time. Next minute, a farmer in a singlet, who was totally not my type, (laughs) waltzed on the scene at a mutual friend's gathering. And um, yeah, the rest is history. We ended up sort of hitting it off. And like, it's just always the way, isn't it? When you're not looking for it. And you're like, it would be the most inconvenient thing at the time to happen. And it was. And the rest is history. And we did long distance and we've been together since. And we've been together for more than five years now. (laughs) And we've got engaged and we've had a baby and we've bought a house together. So. Yeah, it's it's just, I don't know if it's the law of the universe or whatever, but when you're not looking, it always comes. It's so incredible that you maintained a long distance relationship for three years, especially given the fame that was <laughs> upon you in Melbourne. <laughs> I think, honestly, it was my saving grace because... And this is what my um, my former co-host, Jace, would say. He's like, I'm so glad you didn't like end up hitching up with some AFL player or some yes. big star over here because, God, you would have been such a wanker. <laughs> and instead I, you know, uh, made a connection with a very down-to-earth farmer who didn't even have social media and was living in a totally different world. And I think that was what kept me grounded and what was a very strange time for a small Kiwi girl going to Melbourne, seeing herself on billboards. You know, it's quite easy to lose yourself in that moment. But I think he really helped keep me sane in a really strange world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine. <laughs> Clearly, I'm so famous. I walk down the street and everybody recognises me. <laughs> So tell us about your decision to give up the famous Mm. Melbourne life and move home. 
Yeah, it was one that probably a lot of people didn't see coming. Well, maybe they did. Maybe I'm more transparent than I realised. But I mean, I think things really started changing when my father passed away at the end of 2019 and I was still living in Melbourne. And that was really challenging. I mean, I was already doing long distance and then having dad, because dad had been unwell for quite some time, but he was still having really good quality of life. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer when I was... I think it was fourth form, so maybe year 10 at school, and it was stage four, and we thought he only had a couple of years, but he ended up Mm. living for like 13 or 14 years, and a lot of that was really actually good quality life, but towards the end, and that was when I was in Melbourne, his health deteriorated, and I think I was always so scared of that, of being away from him when all of that stuff would happen, and so it just, I mean, I've always been a really big family girl, and family means so much to me, so when he did pass, you know, that was really challenging and it kind of just made me assess my priorities in life. And then COVID happened (laughs) and well, the rest (laughs) is history and being away from, you know, your partner, not knowing when you can see each other again. You know, I think the fact that we could plan prior to COVID when we'd see each other next, that was your saving grace and long distance going, okay, well, I'll see you in three weeks or I'll see you. But, you know, it was up in the air. We were like, oh my God, are we ever going to see each other again? <laughs> you know, the borders were just closed and open and closed. It was, it was a really crazy time. And I just started feeling more and more disconnected and a real sense of craving to get home and put my roots down. And I, I, I don't know, just really work on the family side because I, I guess for a good 10 years or so, I'd been quite work focused and career focused and it's so weird how all of a sudden you just have this urge and maybe it's the maternal urge, the biological clock. I don't know what it is, but it was just a real pull to come back, which was challenging because our show was doing incredibly well at the time. You know, it was, it was flying and uh, yeah, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but also one of the biggest things that have made sense to me as well. So It wasn't easy, but looking back now and like, gosh, you go through a lot of emotions when you make a big decision like that. Um, I have absolutely no regrets and I know that it was the right thing. And I I always back myself on making heart-based decisions and that was certainly one of them. (laughs) A hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about what moving home and moving to a farm felt like and was like and... (laughs) Give so, <laughs> yes. so well, you're not like just moving back and yeah. moving to a city and like no. swapping Richmond for a suburb yeah. in Auckland or Wellington or wherever, like you're not doing that at all. I guess, as I said, like I was craving and I was really craving open spaces at this point because since lockdown, <laughs> anything was made clear. It was the fact that, you know, you got very used to the four walls that you were stuck in and I just wanted to be in nature and I just wanted to be in wide open spaces. And I had grown up in quite a rural town. I had two farmer uncles. So that countryside had always been something which was very natural to me and felt like home. So coming back was actually like, oh my God, amazing. You know, especially initially, it was just such a relief to be back and to get here because you had to go through quarantine and it was quite a rigmarole to to make the move. So once I was actually here on the other side, it was a real sigh of relief. But I suppose it was sort of the year or two afterwards, which was a bit of a wake-up call or, or just, you know, it really hits you because I don't know, like I'd been in a job that was so adrenaline pumping, high energy, a lot of attention. There's, you know, it was 
a very full-on lifestyle, I guess. And so coming back here, it's quite quiet and so far less people and a lot less going You're not on. getting recognised driving, walking <laughs> down the country lanes. No, exactly. The cows might say hi to you. Exactly. But. <laughs> That's pretty much all the recognition you get. So it was probably – the biggest test was probably on my ego and – learning what were real thoughts and what were my ego popping up going, ah, blah, 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 you know, like, and so the dialogue in your head would start to make you question if what you'd done was right and start questioning your ability with anything. And you just start, like, even though I'd made the decision to leave, it sort of started feeling like I was not good enough, (laughs) which is, you know, strange because I had that choice to leave, but for some reason, the narrative in my head started going, oh, well, you're not good enough to be in that industry anymore. You know, you've lost it. You know, all of that kind of stuff. You're irrelevant. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> and so I think there was a bit of a, there was a wrestle with those kind of thoughts initially. And, it, and you're also grieving a big part of your life as well when you make a decision like that because you're saying goodbye to a big part. Mm. So, yeah. and I, But then over time and then as I sort of fell pregnant and as I've had my baby and life has sort of fallen into place, everything has started to make sense. Yet the reason why I made that decision has just become so much more clear and everything feels aligned and I'm like, okay, gosh, this was the right decision. But God, it can be hard. It can be really hard to work out what's your brain telling you and what what's real, you know? I'm so curious about this whole ego. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable chatting more about that? Like, because I think that that's so challenging for all of us. Yeah. Not just celebrities. I'm not a celebrity. I'm a washed up radio host, let's be honest. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not sure you can call yourself a washed up (laughs) radio host. Former radio host. Yeah. That's a much kinder, <laughs> softer way. <laughs> but I think all of us struggle with ego and all mm. of us have negative voices in our heads and mm. lots of us give into self-sabotage as well. Absolutely. And I think particularly in the time of your life when you are making that transition from no babies to babies, huge huge Mm -hmm. ego wrestle, you know, and sacrifice comes in and like who is sacrificing their career or whatever. And then you have a massive identity overhaul and it's, it's a big transformation really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Like you have just taken me back (laughs) 14 years. (laughs) It's interesting though, because now I, I, I don't know, I always feel like things get really, really tough before they get easy. And it has been probably a real identity Mind fuck. Can I swear on here? You um, can. We'll just let people know. <laughs> <laughs> but then afterwards, I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to find myself again. It's like you're almost born again, right? I use challenges along the way, which make you realize what truly matters to you. And it's sort of sifting through that stuff. And that helps to build you into a newer, better version of yourself. That's how I like to look at it. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting when you're being really intentional Mm. about it. I think that you have a real advantage of being a mum in 2022 and 2023 is very different to even what it was 14 years ago. And then, you know, 24, 34, 54 years ago. Like I think that our society and culture absolutely allows for intentionality and you are really able to 
be free and making the choices that you want to make and you no longer have to justify it to anybody. You're just like, this is me. (laughs) Yes, but at the same time, do you feel like there's so much more noise and commentary around that new mother role? There's just almost too much information and and it can get really, really hard to drown that out sometimes. Yeah, I, I was like... I'm hundred percent. Yes. Again, like, mm. I just feel like I'm like, yes, to name and do everything you're saying today. <laughs> um, yeah. Like when I was in your stage of parenting, blogs were all the rage. So it's so different. Yeah. Even I was reading blogs. I wasn't reading, you know, social posts that are lucky to contain 10 words. Mm. Um, Things and, have got so much more immediate though, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Even a blog, you know, that might be written <laughs> a few days ago, but you're getting things constantly hourly, like things are yeah. updated all the time and it's just like it breeds perfect environment. Well, what am I trying to say? It's the perfect conditions to question everything you do, right? Yes, and and there's so much more comparing, mm. like so much comparatonitis is that a word? Comparison. Yes. I, it, and if it's not, I've just made up, but I'm sure it's That's a, like an awful affection <laughs> or something. <laughs> but there's so much of it. And I think that that's yeah. when you do have to be really intentional about mm. what it is that you're even scrolling by. Like, yeah. is it bringing you joy or is it making you feel like you're failing? Yeah, exactly. Any of your jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Am I not giving my children the best because I'm not being like that person? You're right. And that does come back to that intentionality, which is a word (laughs) as well, isn't it? Intentionality Um, (laughs) of who you follow. You know, you do get to choose that. And I suppose it's remembering that you do have that power to make those decisions on who you follow, on what you consume, on what you're surrounded by. Yeah. And I think that there's so many more people living alternate lifestyles too now. Like Mm. you're not unique. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, babe. (laughs) You're so unique. (laughs) And the choices that you made aren't 100% unique. Like people are listening to the pool of what the universe is telling them to do. Yeah. So it is easier to find more people that you can listen to and you can watch and see how they're doing alternative lifestyles. COVID Uh, sort of kickstarted that for a lot of people. Just so it was like the mass exodus, was it, of like 2020 where all these people just quit their jobs and they chose something more Especially out of Victoria. (laughs) Especially out of Victoria because it was incredibly depressing. But yeah, and now that's kickstarted this new way of living and this, I guess, a greater focus on balance, which is a very, I don't know, contentious word balance because it can be very hard to achieve a balanced life per se all the time. But I think people are trying to work towards that. They're moving towards a life that feels more balanced at least. Yeah. And I I don't know if you have ever listened to Brooke McCallery from Slow Your Home. She's got a new podcast out now. It's not Slow Your Home, but she talks about tilting and how it's not trying to find balance. It's acknowledging that you tilt into one season or another or different aspects of your life. So, you know, right now we're tilting into work by having a conversation about our work (laughs) and by doing a podcast. So we're tilting into that. And then when we get off the podcast, you're going to tilt back into motherhood by getting your baby back. That's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I will 
put a link in the show notes and I'll send it to you as well about this whole concept. Is there advice around, like, is there meant to be a percentage of how much you tilt one way overall? No, no, no. You know, it is kind of like, it's a seesaw, you know, like, so you're not trying to find the middle of the seesaw all the time. So you're Mm. not trying to find balance all the time. I'm you know, I'm really sorry, Brooke, if I'm butchering your concept. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just about um, coming together within yourself or within your family dynamics and going, okay, like this is what I'm needing at the moment, you know, which is exactly what you've done with BJ. You're like, hey, I need to record this podcast. So you're on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is like, having those discussions about, okay, I'm tilting into this for now. And then I'm tilting into another thing. And it can be like, you know, if you're going to be doing something for an extended period of time. So, Hey, you know, my husband might be going overseas for work. So he's tilting into that, which means that I need to tilt more into making sure the family can function well, that we get fed, that the dishes are done and the clothes are done, which is not my (laughs) not normally where I tilt in our family and so tilting into that for me so it's just you know everybody's tilting everybody's trying to figure out what it is that they're working on and what's taking up their time and their passion at the moment I like that concept because it makes it not feel so final or like you know, it's it's almost ever evolving and it's like, okay, well, this is like the season I'm in right now. And I suppose I like to think of life as seasons, but I suppose it's like micro seasons down yes. to like every kind of little tiny thing you do. Yeah. But oh. also like you're tilting into early motherhood at the moment. Mm. And so that's cool. If that's what, I mean, obviously that's what you're choosing to do. But I'm <laughs> but, also like, it's funny. There's been a real craving to tilt into work. Yeah. I'm, I'm really starting to feel that more and kind of not even just inside my house, like doing a bit more travel and tilting into that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I know I was like looking at your Instagram going, oh, like, wouldn't it be awesome to travel more? <laughs> like, yeah. And you're oh, just wow. like going, oh, I want to travel. Like I'm so desperate to go traveling more. Yeah. Well, we went to Melbourne. That was kind of a work trip. It was very hectic, but it was also awesome. And you kind of have to remember to really enjoy it at the time because you start trying to visualize the dream life you want to live. And then once you're actually living that out, you're like, oh my God, this is so hectic and everything just feels really stressful. And then you have to remind yourself, no, but this is the life. Like this is actually how you want to be living. So it's, (laughs) it's coming back and like pinching yourself going, no, no, no. Yes. Okay. So times will be tough at times, but if this is the life you want to live, you kind of have to try and be present as much as you can. Yeah. I was looking at your um, Instagram post of Melbourne and you're obviously trying on a wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And one of the tips that I give to people you know, unsolicited, obviously. I love (laughs) that. Is to stop on your wedding day and just look around, like to be really, really present, even in that, like looking around and going, because it's so, it's a hectic day. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very hectic day. And I remember just stopping and taking a breath and just looking around and looking at all the people who were there to support us and encourage us 
in our marriage and just like going, this is awesome. (laughs) Like instead of it being in retrospect, like instead of like going back and going, oh, that wasn't a beautiful day. I actually was trying to be really present and, you know, this is a long time ago before we were told every day to be present in our, <laughs> in our day. Uh, so my day. Um, but that's where I'm like, oh, just take a deep breath and take in and just like be, you know, almost out of your body in mm. looking at everything that's going on around you. There's my unsolicited advice for today for you. It's my biggest thing though. And I think it's kind of put me off actually getting married for so long because you just see how much money and stress goes into it and people don't actually fully enjoy it. And I'm like, what a waste. So no, that's my biggest, my biggest priority is to actually enjoy the day. Mm. You should listen. You should you should do whatever you want. You could listen. We did an episode several years ago about having a minimalist wedding. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's probably it's you know, as I said, very old now. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear it. Oh, no, but I really yeah, <laughs> that's what like I advise everybody. Again, unsolicited advice <laughs> about not spending so much. Like, why go into debt for one day? Uh, like, why? If you listen to this episode, you'll hear it. But like my sister, they had, (laughs) they had a BYO wedding. So everybody, like it was at a school because she was a teacher. So they just, you know, hired the grounds for the day and the invitations were just like, BYO your own food. So there's a KFC close by, there's a Red Rooster, there's a Macca's, or you can bring your own picnic, but they didn't cater for the wedding at all. It cost them like next to nothing to have their wedding because there was so little expectations that they put on themselves for the day. They hired jumping castles. Like that's what they spent their money on providing entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) They hired jumping castles. They got their friends who rode motorbikes to come in. They did Harley rides around the school and they'd organize games for the little kids like egg and spoon races and jumping sacks and it was a fun fun day and a very memorable day because who's ever been to a wedding that was BYO that is so good (laughs) I love it I can give you so much unsolicited advice my friend that is so good Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
though, back onto you. (laughs) (laughs) What has living on a farm been like for you and what type of farm is it? And tell us more about that. Well, so when I originally came back, we moved into like the workers' cottage that was on my partner's farm because it's a family farm that's been in the family for a long time. And we kind of started doing that up a little bit, but then a lifestyle property came up on the market, which was super rare considering the location of it and where we are. And it was like this beautiful off-grid place with a river and seven acres. And I was just like, we need this. We need this. And I loved the idea that it was separate to the farm and it was our own little entity. And so it's literally five minutes down the road and we ended up moving in there. So I'm kind of not technically on the farm, but I'm going to actually go help my partner on the farm this afternoon, which is rare. I don't normally help, but he needs it. So I love it. I, I love the countryside. And yes, I still crave the city and I still need the city. But what I find now is I just love coming home so much. So even after our trip to Melbourne recently, it is just so something so comforting and so right about coming home. Like it just, there's nothing, nothing compares to it. Yeah. I, I think I just love being in touch with nature all the time. I know it sounds really eerie fairy, but it's just, it's, no. just, it's just a beautiful place to be and a beautiful place to start a family. But as I said, I still need that little city hit and I'm going to be really intentional on getting that city hit and ensuring that I have things to look forward to that are not just here on the land <laughs> because I need that culture in my life, you know, and especially after my trip to Melbourne recently, it reminded me that, you know, how much of myself I still need to tap into that I'm probably not quite doing here. But as a base, I absolutely love it. And how is that informing your parenting? Do you mean like what style of parenting? Yeah, or just any. any you you I, can take it however you like it. Go wherever what, you want to, my I, friend. I think when I was in Melbourne, I had more and more of a drive to, if I were to have children, be in the country. And I don't know if that's because of how I grew up and I grew up with quite like a rural upbringing. But for me, it's the idea that it's just land and like to be entertained by land and nature and learn to be self-sufficient, you know, like... If we have an apocalypse or whatever, know how to but like have a fire and like fend for yourself and get your own food and I don't know, I, I really like like that kind of way of living really appeals to me. Um and so I think the idea of going on adventures and going to find the fairies and the trees and all that kind of stuff, I think is really cool. And yeah, I think that's probably the the biggest thing that resonates with me being here in the country and having children and just encouraging them to be outside as much as possible. What does life look like when you're not, you know, in the city where you can just pop and get whatever you want, whenever you want? What, <laughs> so so what's life for like around the shopping there? aspect of things and being intentional about what you're purchasing, has that factored into your <laughs> living on the land? Yeah, it probably has. And to be honest, for the disposable income when I was living in Melbourne, I was, you know, I'd spend a lot of time mindlessly walking into shops when I didn't need to. So I think it's certainly positively impacted the spending side of things because when I go to the city now, it's just so much more exciting. Like things I take for granted, like I get so excited going to certain shops, just the experience of being in there and the smells and 
the music and the vibe, you know, things that mm-hmm. I would have taken for granted beforehand. But I do have bad habits of just driving into town sometimes, willy <laughs> nilly, because I just love to drive. Sometimes it's just like my thing. But with the price of petrol now, and <laughs> I need to be more intentional with my drives because <laughs> I do just go willy nilly. And it's just an easy way to get Charlie to sleep sometimes. So, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, there's definitely positives, but I could be better. And I will continue to work on that to try and make sure that my town visits have maybe more purpose and I like hit more with each drive because I'll get home sometimes and I'll be like, oh, I forgot the butter or I forgot this. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to go into town again. <laughs> so like you have to be kind of more organized to get your bang for your buck out here, I suppose. Yeah, but also you could live in a suburb that's a 1K walk or drive yeah. away from the shops and still it's forget true. what it's it is true. that you went there for. Yeah. So uh, have some grace and kindness <laughs> towards yourself being I just love driving. Like it was the thing my grandmother and I always did, especially when she had dementia, we'd just go driving because she loved driving and it's just always brought me happiness. But it's just not bringing so much happiness now because it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous of children who like being in the cars. My kids get both get, you know, car motion sickness. So really? they never ever liked being in the cars. Like Even when they the were Charlie's age, they would scream the whole time. Like we turned them around in their car seat before they you know, before you were meant to. Yeah. Because they just it was I was more likely to have a car accident because of how much they were crying oh, than anything else um yeah they and they still don't like like my husband and I love going for drives yeah and now we're finally able to do that because we can leave the kids at home to go oh, for drives there's something worse they, than a car ride when the crying doesn't stop it's just yeah. horrific yeah so what do you miss about city life um yeah it's the vitality and uh, particularly Melbourne like can you get more of a city with like <laughs> vitality and fun and culture and just diversity I think all of the above you know and delicious food on tap and mm-hmm. being able to just order food to your door we don't have Uber Eats out here <laughs> oh my god we got nothing of the sort so like things like that you really take for granted and you miss you know you miss all the flavors I mean in town I don't really have like healthy takeaway foods. It's quite hard to find that. So I miss like the abundance of health stores and all that kind of stuff as you walk down the streets and just, yeah, the creative side of things and like the ever-growing fashion and and all of that stuff. But it, it really, you appreciate it so much more when you're not there and, and almost that's cooler because yeah. when you go, it's more of an event and it's so special and you really, really try and absorb it all. And what do you love most about living on a lifestyle block? Um, oh, the fresh air, the the space, the... Do you know what? I, I've found that I appreciate the seasons a lot more than I did when I was in the city. Like every season I, I find the uniqueness of each one now and I really get excited going between them. I'm like, oh, autumn, oh, winter. Oh, summer, you know, like I just, I don't know. Whereas before I feel like it kind of maybe merged more together, but now it just feels way more pronounced now that I'm actually in the elements, the seasons and the differences between them, which is probably a really random answer, but just things that I would previously take for granted. I I don't know if it's 
because I don't know, life's a lot slower, but like the colors of the leaves just seem so much more vivid. And yeah, I don't know, things that I had always kind of just dismissed now are are big things. You know, you really appreciate the small things more. (sighs) (laughs) I'm all like, it's raining and miserable in Sydney today. Like, Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I do get over the rain, but... I don't know. I just have noticed. I appreciate those things more. Yeah, it's good. It's good that you appreciate things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be worse if you were like moved to a lifestyle block and then you were like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I move home? Yeah, Why yeah. did I shack up? Why did I have a baby? Now it's I'm just happened. Yes. <laughs> It didn't. And and that is testament to who you are and the beautiful family that you have surrounded yourself with as well. Oh, thank you, Kirsty. That's so nice. I don't know. I'm just winging it. I'm just trying to follow what feels good. Yeah, but that's all that we can all do, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. just for the remaining couple of minutes that we've got yes. before you have, before Charlie demands your attention again. <laughs> um, what does following your happiness look like to you it's following those gut feelings when something doesn't sit right listening to that and a voice keeps tapping away and I'm not just talking about like the negative self-talk or whatever but mm. you know when there's that overwhelming feeling that you get it's following that and sometimes it doesn't make sense but it's working out what brings joy and what brings your I don't know, your heart to sing and and following that, not being afraid of it and not thinking of everything that could go wrong or why it doesn't make sense. It's trusting that that little gut feeling knows what's up because a lot of the time it does and it's there for a reason. I would say all of the time it does. <laughs> yeah, but, we, but we're so conditioned to question it and and think logically and all of that stuff but at the end of the day yeah it's it's like a compass it's an inner compass and it's there for a reason Mm. and then my final question to you is which is probably going to be the same answer (laughs) (laughs) what does curiosity look like for you oh I love curiosity I love open-mindedness I love magic I love possibilities I love endless possibilities you know, the world is your oyster. I like exploring that and, and thinking there is no limitation, right? That's curiosity to me, I think. And again, following that, that desire and the, and the little pebbles that take you places and, and not closing your mind off. That's really, I think I just repeated myself like three times, but keeping an open mind, that's always been something really big for me and letting that imagination run. Mm -hmm. And like, this is, I think I'm diverting, but you can live the life of your dreams. You really can. Awesome. It has been a joy to have <laughs> you on to, on Curious Freedom today, Polly. I don't think it made sense, Kirsty. I, I just waffled. <laughs> isn't that what good conversations do, though? Like, yeah. isn't that what your whole podcast is about? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so tell the listeners where they can find out more about Polly or PJ. Yeah, so, um, well, you can follow me online on Instagram at PJDJ. Don't judge me for my handle. I made it uh, back in the day. It had a little catchy <laughs> sound to it. But also my podcast, the PJ Podcast, you can find it wherever you listen to your potties. It's a real mixed bag, to be honest. Each week I just 
again, follow what feels good and I chat to who I want to chat to. (laughs) There's no real distinct theme. I guess the overall theme is trying to live a more aligned life and getting the most out of this life as well. So um, yeah, every, every week I'm kind of learning and talking to really interesting people and I'm loving my journey so far. Yay. Well, thank you again, lovely. And then we will let you get back to Charlie and BJ. And dear curious ones, thanks for tuning in. And we can't wait to be in your ears again next week. Bye. Thank you.